Welcome, everyone, to episode 11 of the Speak Up by Avalon Bay podcast. In this episode, we are joining four Avalon Bay associates as they discuss the topic, Rediscovering Your Confidence. Today's podcast, we're very excited, is episode 11, which is Jumpstarting Your Confidence. Uh, we're just going to start by introducing ourselves. Let's do the basics, you know, who you are, favorite color. No, just kidding. So who you are, um, uh, title, region, tenure, and uh, we're doing favorite podcast today. So I'll head us off as your moderator. I'm Sarah Mathewson. I am Senior Vice President of Operations for the East Coast. I've been with the company 23 years. And my favorite podcast right now is called The Experiment. And The Experiment is the American experience, have you, have you will. And it just brings in so many great uh, stories that kind of give perspective on like the world that we live in today. And it just, it, it makes it feel sort of meaningful, but not at the same time, you know, not too relevant, not too current in today's crazy events, but it's covered everything from sweatpants to the 90 day fiance to how Hispanic got on the census and the history of black TV stuff. Hi, I'm Chris Mill. Uh, I'm a director of construction uh, and registered architect. Eight years at Avalon Bay. I uh, am working in New York when we have our high-rise deals uh, on our joint ventures in Florida and North Carolina. And my I, favorite podcast, I listen every day to The Daily, The New York Times, The Daily. And at the moment, I'm in deep with the last, uh, The Dropout, which uh, is the Elizabeth Holmes story, which is exciting now that it is finally gone to court because it's a pretty shocking story it's kind of somewhat relevant to what we're talking about today in terms of confidence in women and her influence and impact i'm margarita Wen. i'm a portfolio operations director in the la region and i just celebrated 13 years yesterday with avalon bay my favorite podcast right now is Nine to Five-ish with The Skim. It's based off of work advice given by women across all industries. And in the most recent episode, Gabrielle Union joined, spent a lot of time talking about vulnerability and how she realized it was one of her superpowers. And so I thought the timing was interesting given the the upcoming podcast and You know, she also talked about navigating her professional reputation, knowing how to value herself, especially around pay negotiations. Really powerful episode. I highly recommend it. So I'm Lindsay Romano, Vice President of Asset Management. I've been at Avalon Bay for 15 years, started out on the West Coast where Margarita and I crossed paths and then moved out to New York where I got to spend more time with with Sarah. And I think Chris and I were newbies to the New York City office right around the same time. But I oversee the tri-state for asset management for Avalon Bay. When it comes to a podcast, there's a number of us at, at AVB that are Brene Brown fans. I didn't pick one. I picked two. She has two podcasts, Dare to Lead and Unlocking Us. And a lot of the same themes Margarita just touched on with uh, vulnerability. You know, she's famous for her TED Talk about vulnerability and shame. And both the podcasts are equally interesting and exciting and really thought-provoking. You know, we're going to be talking about confidence and our journeys um, as women in our professional lives. So the first question for today is sort of where was your confidence when you started in your career? And you can pick any point and how would you compare it to today? I'm going to, I'm going to start with Chris. Okay. 
I've always been fairly confident. Uh, you know, I have a, my, my parents and in fact, uh, were, you know, strong advocates of just dive in the deep end when I was young and I was doing athletics since the age of four competitively through 21, uh, with, you know, intense training, which, you know, has a lot of discipline and just, you know, it's like diving in the deep end, literally, but I was very shy. And it took a long time to come out of that shell. And so it was kind of an interesting pairing of being confident, but being shy. And I've learned that I've been uh, very comfortable with change and with new things. That's just kind of kind of an eight qualities in my DNA. I'm not comfortable with things when they stay the same all the time. And so as I've grown through my academic and professional career, I've definitely come out of my shell for sure. I mean, that's a big change. And I continue, you know, uh, to be confident, but, you know, coming into Avalon Bay, it was a whole new thing, moving from architecture to onto the owner side, coming onto the construction side as well, you know, an architect taking on the role of running North Station was like, really? Okay, I can do this. So learning something new was challenging, but, you know, I'm always a believer in everybody, the teams around me, teaching me how to do things, learning from them, learning from me. That was a huge bonus at Avalon Bay because, you know, we have a lot of very talented individuals in this company that you can learn from. And we support each other at this company, which is unique, I think, to Avalon Bay. There's so much mentoring and support from at all levels. And so, yeah, I think, as I say, the big difference is I was very, very quiet. That's awesome. All right, Chris. So you uh, and you started at Avalon Bay after a pretty full career as an architect, right? So Correct. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's flip to Lindsay, who started her career at Avalon Bay. So your roles have changed a lot over the yeah. years. How would you describe your confidence journey? Well, unlike Chris, I was never shy. I've always been, I've always been fairly outgoing. Uh, I started as a coordinator and uh, so it's been quite the journey to where I am today. And it's all about seeing the tenure around you and trying to absorb it and figure out your own path. And as I've, you know, maneuvered through my career through different positions, I think as Sarah said earlier, your confidence ebbs and flows. You, you start out maybe with with less confidence and then you get a project or an assignment or what have you. For me, you know, as I was doing, um, I did a lot of um, our redevelopment projects and each project, the budget was a little larger. The execution was a little bit more complicated. So you, you gain that confidence and, but then, you know, then you go and move to New York and then <laughs> it feels like you start over again, right? Because a whole different group of people. <laughs> um, you're working on high-rise buildings in New York City, and York. you know you're you're the girl from Southern California who's wearing bright colors and smiling <laughs> at people. People think something's wrong. So I think it's it's an evolution, um, and I think having having now moved to New York and 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 going through that transition, I think my confidence has definitely grown grown since then. And then, and then you, it, it evolves even more so for me as I became a mom. So it's, it's, you, you have minor setbacks when you get something new that makes it feel like, okay, I've got to, I've got to work my way through this. You pull on that confidence that you've gained from those past successes and you keep, you keep building on it. All right. Now, uh, Margarita, we have Chris who 
started her career in a different but related field and made a pivot for Avalon Bay. With Lindsay, who's just kind of grown up at Avalon Bay. And I think you're kind of in between because you did actually have the experience of multifamily outside Avalon Bay. I know it's a very strange thought, everybody, but there does is multifamily <laughs> outside of Avalon Bay. So talk to me about your confidence journey and where you started and how you feel about where you yeah. are today. So I, you know, I started in an industry right out of college. And so I was writing high. A lot of it was probably uh, from being young and my first real career. And, and I was recruited into my role. So I thought, wow, these people want me. I must be great. It really wasn't until I made my first, what I would consider a mistake or misstep, right? I, you know, I missed my, my first budget. Right. I, I didn't, I didn't meet my budget the first year that I had was responsible for writing, for writing it from beginning to end. And I thought, do I know what I'm doing? Do I really understand how to manage this community or this business? What have they left me in charge with? And so it was a real confidence knocker for me. And I think it, as Lindsay alluded to, our confidence fluctuates. It, for me, it's it's almost like a constant cycle of regrowth, right? You're regenerating your confidence as you perhaps maybe uh, make a mistake, uh, learn a, a new lesson or, or put on a new project or having to exercise that other muscle um, that's within you to make sure that you're, you know, feel confident and you're strong and in, in how you move forward. It's been a journey. Right now, it's great being invited to be a part of this experience is definitely a confidence booster. And then you're like, oh, wow, I'm a part of this experience, right? And so you start to make sure, do I have the right answers? And am, am I really the, the right person for this? And so even just preparing for this day reminds you of how your confidence is constantly in cycle. Yeah, I love that. And I, yeah. I love how you talked about the lessons learned and those moments. And sometimes when they're really fresh, you don't have that perspective. They still kind of sting a bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and we're going to build on that a bit. When I started in the organization, I was pretty early in my career and I was new to property management. And I looked for, I, I, I look back on it and I'm like, my coping mechanism for these things was when I landed on a team was to find the thing that I could do that nobody else, like that, that was my thing on the team. So that is what, like, that one, one of my things. I was um, had come from a different background. I did a lot of like spreadsheets and writing and stuff in my previous field. So I get myself signed up on those teams. Oh, you want me to write a letter? I'll write the letter. Oh, wait, do you want to do the analysis? And because I didn't have the experience with some of the scenarios at the properties, because I was a you know portfolio manager and I had four properties. So I looked for those things naturally where I did feel confident and could contribute. So that was one of my kind of coping strategies. All right. Well, you know, sometimes I think we need like a push, whether it's a person or something to help us do that, kind of look back and be objective. I know I look back at a certain moment, I was leading a project and my sponsor on the project, who was an advocate and somebody is a peer today that I uh, really admire, but I I will argue all day long with this person. (laughs) And I, you know, I, we had written out this proposal and um, he was like, Sarah, this is terrible. (laughs) So, and it was tough, right? Like it was one of those. And I thought, you know, oh, this is one of those areas. This is supposed to be one of the things I do well. This is the thing I come to the table with. You know, he was right. Now I was forced to kind of be objective in like a a split second because we had a deadline the next day. So that person who continues to push and really just be very candid 
but not in a way about the work, not about me, have you will, and has been, it has boosted my confidence afterwards. Doesn't feel good at the time, but I do look back on the people that have been really straight with me over the years, gave me that hard lesson in the moment uh, that might've caused tears even, but when um, I was able to to take it in, take a breather an, a week, a month, the next time I had to produce something like that, it was so much better because you kind of got that lesson. <laughs> How about you guys? Is there anybody in particular or anybody, anything in particular that has helped you with your confidence? I wanted to look at this a different way versus a person that helped me um, was actually um, going to grad school. So, um, so I got my master's in real estate. USC, University of Southern California. And I was one of very few women in the program. I think MBAs are more evenly matched, but the master's in real estate is very heavily male dominated. And I was in the part-time program. I was the only woman in the part-time program. I was also one of the older people in the program, which is funny because most of the time at Avalon, I've been been on the younger side, but I was I was one just of the wait, older people. Just wait, it tips. And then I know it's good. It's gonna tip. <laughs> You know, you go through the program, it's a two-year program part-time, and at the end, you have to do what's called the comprehensive exam, which is basically you have to take a week off of work and you do a development soup to nuts. So they give you the site plan, they give you all the details, and you have to model it, you have to design it, you have to have the strategy and pull it all together and make a recommendation of what do you do with this piece of land. It's what you basically, the whole program kind of gears you up for this you can't pass the program unless you pass this exam. So of course I am just a nervous wreck, right? I'm thinking, Oh, I can't fail this exam. (laughs) Like, what am I going to, you know, what am I going to do if I don't pass the program? You know, I did it to the best of my ability. And as I'm turning it in, I had, you know, no confidence. Right. And, and I, it's really good that perfectionist piece, which I think a lot of, a lot of us struggle with. The project is so large. There's always going to be a couple of things you aren't quite sure about. And I said, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. And um, and I and I was I was really worried that what if I didn't pass? Fast forward to you know when the results came out, I won the comprehensive exam. <laughs> and I don't say this to to say oh I won it. It was just shocking to me how I was afraid that I wasn't going to pass. And actually, I won the competition. What does that say about my confidence that I, I didn't have the confidence to think that I could at least pass it? So that in that moment, that was a real reality check for me that I need to reset, you know, my own my own feelings about myself. And and I share that because because I think there's a lot of us that feel that same way in a lot of moments. I love that story, Lindsay. And I think there's moments in all of our careers where our confidence is supported well mine is is by working very hard, being overly prepared, making sure you know how to do, to find out where your weaknesses are, to try and comp, to fill in all the gaps. And I have the same stories throughout my career where, you know, I was like, damn it, I failed at it. architecture, legal exam, or, you know, I haven't done well in X, Y, and Z. And you end up like exceeding the possible expectations and it's happened many, many times. And it took me a long time in my career to actually go, wait a second, Chris, you're maybe, you know, a little bit better than you're actually thinking you are because you're, you're, you seem to keep exceeding, but you're still busting your butt and you're overcompensating. Uh, and I think there's a lot of women who do that. And it says a lot 
I was going to say, tell you a little story about, you know, I'm not just an architect or engineer. When I started, I was like, I loved to paint and draw when I was a kid. And I had an art teacher who once told me, you can't do art. You should not take an art class. And this was like in junior high school or something. And I was devastated. And then I had uh, an engineering professor who said I could never do architecture because I was too shy, going back to the shyness thing. And that ties back to where when people say you can't do something, I get motivated because I'm like, really? For some reason, I'm already interested in this. Why can't I do this? I do like to have, like you said, Sarah, to make sure that people are straightforward with you to give you good advice. But destructive advice is very different from constructive. And to have people tell you no through your career is not a good way to actually get somebody to do a better job. It actually motivates me to kind of show you that you can't, you can do it. I love that. And, you know, not everybody has the wherewithal to say, yes, I can. I have this quote that I found and it's a scientist believe you can actually make confidence. So when you take action and doing something that's slightly risky, you not only use confidence, but you end up creating more. Margarita, how do you feel about that? I remember vividly, and so Randall's uh, really good at um, putting us on assignments or projects that uh, will address perhaps an opportunity for growth, right? And so I, I think back to when I was on site as a GM, he had me partner with a group of directors to present some information. Many years ago, uh, names have been changed in the story to not draw attention. I'm joking. Group of directors, right? We're, we're, we have to present some information. And so we have a call to prep and the two that I was partnered with were going in a different direction than what we were told to go. And I knew it inside, but I didn't feel confident enough to push back and say, guys, we're wrong. We're going to fail at this project if we don't get back on course. And so needless to say, we're in front of a group of other VPs and directors presenting, and we were in like three different directions. And I could feel it at the time, like I, I was kicking myself for not speaking up and saying something. This was at the time we were, our office was down in Irvine. And so I had, a, I had a long drive back up to LA and, you know, Randall's always been very forward thinking. He would give uh, radical candor way back then. Right. If, and so he calls me and he was giving me feedback. I know where you missed a step in that moment. He was rebuilding my confidence because it was completely shattered at that time, leaving that meeting, knowing that. I didn't do a good job in that I failed in front of, you know, some pretty important people. So that experience didn't stop him from continuing to put me in those same scenarios it, to continue to push me to have a voice and be confident with what I had to contribute. You hit a, a, a low and he kind of brought you out of it, got you on your way. How do you shake it off on those really bad days, really terrible, horrible, very bad days when they do the book or something? So like, what do you do when there isn't, you know, you don't have that connection? I know I personally sometimes after a terrible call, because, you know, we have enough Zoom calls that some of them are terrible, right? So uh, the first thing I do is I, I typically pick up the phone and call a partner or a peer, mm-hmm. somebody, and um, that helps. I, you know, I'm an extrovert. Nothing happens in my life until I talk to about 20 people about it. So then sort of I can process. But I would say... 
sometimes that person isn't available or you don't have that person in the ear to talk you off the ledge. So how do you pivot? I know I go back to my number one thing, which is like, find something I'm good at, like do something I'm good at. Like I kind of rebuilt my, so I go home. I love the kitchen headphones, making something like there's a product there and it's just back into a zone where I, you know, I, I am kind of, it gives me a little kind of self-care and rebuilding. And that's if I can't find my lifeline because sometimes the lifelines aren't there. So how about you guys? What do you, what do you do in those moments when you kind of, when you got to regroup? Well, I'm a little bit different from you, Sarah, in okay. terms of being an extrovert. When things like that happen, I, I have a deeply bad habit is one of my weaknesses of internalizing it's called those internal gremlins, I've been told recently. And there's some, it's been some recent, just over in the last 12 months, some really good reading associated to those, how to let go of your internal gremlins that keep kind of nipping at you, like in the middle of the night or right after a meeting. And it can go on for a couple of days because I get too self-conscious about it. And I've had to learn to try and let go of those things. And, and I've done that by actually writing it down as it happens like you do as you, you a task that you might have, you write down what it is and you actually try and think about what the solution is at hand in that moment, as opposed to letting it lie for 24 hours or 12 hours, where it's just like going around in your head. And so letting go of those internal gremlins is, is super important, but I also have to burn energy. So it's either going for a run or doing a yoga class. Uh, it's really important to kind of, like you say, giving back to yourself. That's really good advice. I mean, I could imagine writing it down gets it out of your head, right? Yeah. And and you could step away and then maybe come back later and yeah. look for the the nuggets that you can pull and and really learn from. See, ra- rather than putting on paper, sometimes when something goes wrong, you might want to send an email and no. you know, and- no, don't do it. No, don't do that. Don't do yeah. it. So, <laughs> so I'll draft it and then walk away <laughs> and come back to idea. it the next day because maybe the the problem isn't as big of a deal. You know, usually, usually when something goes wrong, you know, there's a problem that you're trying to solve, and I try to take some perspective and say, you know, where am I at? Am I in a place where? The problem just seems insurmountable. And then you say, okay, maybe I just need to talk through it and break it down into pieces. You know, how do I get from from A to Z and what's the path to, to get there? Or am I in the weeds, right? Am I too much in the weeds and I need to step out and see the big picture? Kind of acknowledging where I'm at in the process, I think is helpful. Just knowing that, you know, even if it's a task that maybe I haven't faced before, you know, there's elements of it that I've likely faced before. So what are the themes or what are the, what is the kind of the essence behind the task, not the actual task? And, and how did I, how did I overcome or accomplish the similar, um, similar kind of task in the past? And that helps me, me work through it. That's such a good strategy. I do the, what's the one thing I have to do today? Or what's the one thing I can do? Cause the list of what I should do is too long. And you're just like, okay, you know, break it down a little bit, pick, pick up the couple bits that I can make progress on and then live to see another day. So that's a really good. And I, I, I think that's uh, like your, that this question, Sarah is a really good question where you can actually pass along some lessons learned or tidbits to everybody in our teams, even the youngsters that are on coming on board, because, yes. you know, while we all acknowledge at this stage in our careers, everybody makes mistakes. Younger individuals don't necessarily know that they still want to be perfect. 
and actually how to navigate your mistakes, not let them build up too much because you have to keep your confidence uh, and it's okay to make a mistake. It shouldn't be a dent in your confidence. You're going to actually learn more from a mistake than you are just going forward. And you have to figure out the big thing is how do you get out of it and make that next step? I love writing it down. Such, such a good one. One of my favorite mishaps early in my career is I sent a voicemail that was intended to go to my boss about a peer because I just had a tough interaction and I went, it went to the, it went to, yeah. Ouch. Yeah. It was a tough one. It was a tough one, but we got through it. We're, I consider this person to be an advocate. Yeah. I don't even know what I did in that moment, but I don't think I, I don't think I had any of those skills (laughs) to my fingertips, you know, which brings me to like, we've spent a lot of time talking about things we've done like on a project as individual contributors, things that we control, but all of us are people managers. Everybody on in this group runs a team and that whole people management thing can shake your confidence in so many different ways because you're measuring your success in a different way. It's not like, oh, didn't I do a really nice job on this memo and go read it again, right? It's a, it's a person that is is maybe will or won't take your advice and you're trying to move them along in your career. So, you know, how does your journey with confidence help? Does it help you with the people being a people manager? It's so interesting because I was, I was talking to one of our new GMs here and one of his direct reports happens to be somebody that I've, that's reported to me. And, you know, we were talking about how she was doing and he had said that she was, her confidence was a little low right now. She had just come back from being on leave. She's a new mother and, trying to get her, find her groove. I uh, took the opportunity to share with him the confidence code and how I thought this would be a really great book for her to read. It's helped me, gave him some really good examples. And so I almost feel a sense of responsibility to pay that forward, not just to my own direct reports, but to anybody that I come in contact with. I think back to those conversations that I've that I've had that boosted my confidence and and what it did for me. And you know, my biggest fear is that we don't support or coach our associates up in their confidence and we miss out on a great performer or a future star because they just didn't feel confident in the moment. Not maybe directly related to work. Maybe there's something going on in their personal life. And I, I take every opportunity to share my journey, to look for opportunities to boost confidence. And it may impact people differently. Uh, some may, it may uh, make more of a difference than others. Maybe they don't need it. It's it's certainly something that I, I take to heart and, and look to do in my day-to-day interactions with people. Yeah. I mean, I would say as a people manager, you know, my goal is to support them, empower them, help them remove roadblocks, and then just get out of the way. You're never going to gain the confidence if your manager is always looking over your shoulder or is in every meeting with you. Giving them the space, giving them the space to make those mistakes and to learn it on their own and go through it themselves and be there to support them. Kind of strategize how you would do differently going forward. But yeah, giving them the space and and you have to have the confidence that that they can do it, right? It's what helped me gain my confidence early on. I try to pass that forward and make sure that I'm I'm living that example. I also think that 
people management isn't something that we're ever really, we're ever taught. I mean, there are courses you can go and take, but I would say the majority of us never actually go and have those benefit of those classes because there's so much to be gained from learning new skills in, in people management about, you know, authenticity and taking off your armor so you can be more yourself, which means that other people can be more themselves around you and it helps them build their confidence. Cause you know, we're carrying years of armor that, uh, that we've built up um, through our careers, whereas, you know, others are starting up. So you have to be careful about how to balance that out. And I've been really fortunate over the last couple of years that I've, you know, been given some really great coaching and read some really great books about people management and, and build my confidence in those skills, uh, in those new skills. Yeah, it's true. There is no book on it. I find that parenting has been really helpful where people manage to help me with parenting. They kind of go back and forth for me a bit, but I also go back to sort of what worked for me. And I find myself trying to find that thing that makes people tick, the thing that they feel the best about, the most confident about, so that they can find their niche and kind of making sure that I'm giving them some space and, and the group to kind of uh, use that. It's sometimes hard in the moment when you blow it on something and your confidence blown is blown and something has gone bad. And it's, you know, I've looked around at different people in life, the folks that have given me perspective and said, you know, the sky's not going to fall. This is the only the bad, the worst thing that could happen from this, that those people around you, and I can think of some that have reported to me and have been just personal relationships that kind of allow you to see the bigger picture and realize that the consequences of what you did aren't that terrible. I think those two things are things I try to look for as people, as a people manager. It is something I definitely feel more confident now than I did, but it's not something that there's any code that you can ever crack on. Those early conversations as a people manager earlier in my career, finding the courage to be really candid when something wasn't going well. I think that's still, still not easy. Here we are, we're wise and we're well along our way. We have all our <laughs> we have all our tools now. We, we all have our little things to take it out. So, what are we going to tell? What are we going to tell our younger self? I would say, don't be afraid to be great. I think back to childhood. Right, I have a I have an older sister. We're eighteen months apart, and sibling rivalry could be a very real thing. It always felt like my mom was a referee. She was trying to keep everything on equal footing. And I found in moving through my career that perhaps maybe I was holding myself back to keep things on equal footing in and amongst my peers or maybe even a boss of mine because I didn't want to be better than the person I was sitting next to. And, and better didn't necessarily mean that you had a big ego or that you were being obnoxious about it, but I was very conscious that I was doing it. You know, it wasn't until I started to get that feedback, like, yeah, I feel like you're holding back. You need to speak up and be assured in what you have to contribute that I realized, why am I holding myself back? It's it's okay to be good or better than somebody in a particular area, because at the end of the day, we're all working towards a common goal. I would go back and tell myself every day, don't be afraid to be great. So mine would be, one would be just to let go of the need for perfectionism, right? You know, that's not going to serve you. And, uh, you know, don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah. Just just be yourself and enjoy the ride. That's good. Yeah, I love those advocating for yourself and not taking mm -hmm. yourself so serious. Those are two biggies. Right. 
my um, one that I was thinking about was while I was young and driving for it and competitive and, you know, can do everything. No one ever told me to step back and actually go and uh, confront or address your weaknesses because it actually makes you a stronger, more well-rounded individual. And it goes back to you saying, Lindsay, don't take yourself so seriously. And, you know, addressing where you're not good at doing something can actually help you become better. It's so funny. I come back to, again, I, I just sometimes I talk myself out of and into too many situations and I just be like, Sarah, talk a little less ask a few more questions, (laughs) settle down, especially in the, my career in Avalon Bay. I think, you know, just wait a little bit longer, listen to the end. It's okay to just, uh, just wait, get a little bit more info. There's a book called Internal Gremlins by Debbie Stone, who I had the pleasure of working with last year. And she wrote this book and it's a tiny book. So you can like read it in a day. And I think there's like tidbits throughout the book, which are of real value about how to manage your internal gremlins. We never want to talk about those gremlins mm-hmm. as a group. Right. Maybe if we actually talked a little bit more about the gremlins, it might actually help you boost your own confidence. And I, I think that our inclusion and diversity discussions that we're starting to have is allowing for those conversations to be had in different forums and different contexts. And I think it will go a long way. It makes me think of some advice that Debbie had given me. She she said, don't let your mistakes define you, right? You have to, if you make a mistake, you you recognize it and you move on because you can get stuck, keep making the same mistake over and over again. And that's that's a different conversation (laughs) to be had. Don't let your mistakes define you. We still don't have a walk-off song, though. We really need a walk-off song or a walk-off song or something. Aren't we calling it Jumpstart Your Confidence? <laughs> oh, I was thinking uh, Rolling Stones, Start Me Up. Oh, that's, oh, that's oh, good. I love that song. I love that song. All right. So, well, this has been right. fun. This has been great. Yeah, this is great. I love it. And I have to say thank you for um, inviting me. It's always great yeah, to be with you guys. Absolutely. Very thank you. An interesting conversation and opportunity. First I would have there. to say, just even being vulnerable with you guys and, and sharing our confidence stories um, leaves me feeling like I have a different connection. Think about the impact that could have or the ripple effect more so if we talked about it more um, and and the closer we can get to one another. I love that is an awesome statement. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I think a lot of these, you know, the, the work of IND and all the ARGs has given us a form to do that, you know, Mm -hmm. on an empower hour or, you know, if it's a, you know, regional, you know, lead event or WLN or PAC or whatever it might be, right? Um, because you get to see that side of your your coworkers that, you know, you probably didn't know. And uh, it's that mindset make- shift that we're talking about. I mean, I yeah. think about the start of my career. I mean, I started in the UK and which, you know, is pretty hardcore in terms of their criticism. Like they were never soft, it was never constructive. I mean, it was it was brutal. Even in, when I was studying architecture, it was just brutal criticism. And you had to just blank it out to keep going. And, you know, it is polar opposite today, right? And in our recent efforts, we talk, we're talking more about how to make mindset shifts. 
and that ebbs and flows on a daily basis as well. You know, how you, how you approach each situation and challenge. I am personally really excited to see where these mindset shifts go in the next, like, not even tomorrow, but I think in two years time and in five years time, because I think it will make a change in our careers. And, and, and I don't even worry about me that much. I actually, you know, I'm, I'm more, it's what's more important is the younger kids that are coming up who are joining the company and who are going to be the leaders that they uh, are going to get the benefits of these mindset shifts, which is going to benefit their, their growth and confidence ultimately, which is where I was getting to, and you know, yeah. ties to this podcast. It really feels like it's changing at the core. It gives you the confidence that it's sustainable for the future. For me, I've been so fortunate to be involved with this work around inclusion and diversity from from the from day one and found this like new passion, new way of thinking about the people in the business. And for sure the the best part of it has been the connections with people across that I wouldn't normally get to engage with. And so that has given me, you know, um, you know, a Jackie's, uh, we've talked about Jackie a lot today. Maybe we'll dedicate yeah. a lot less to Jackie today. So. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think of her as one who's been a really strong partner on that journey. And um, we would not have had it quite, we wouldn't have had quite that opportunity, even though operations and asset management work closely together, it's the East and West thing. So, mm-hmm. um, and I just got off, uh, there's a ment- uh, there's a mentoring um, kickoff call today, and I was on that call for a little bit with those guys. And I love the matches that people, the connections that people are getting across the country are so valuable because it's a place where people stay a long time. I mean, there's mm-hmm. eight, 13, 15, 23 years, you know, and within our regions, there's a lot of folks that have been here for a long time. And you find sometimes yourself in a tight circle. And so finding a way to you know, draw uh, bridges across markets better and departments, I think in a way that is, I'm with you, Chris, I think it's going to be really valuable because it's going to kind of open up these connections that weren't there. I'm excited. And I do agree the mentorship, I actually made a note to bring it up, is that the mentorships are going to have these long-term value and Mm -hmm. just being party to like the first round and seeing how I think both of us have, you know, connected and grown and, you know, inadvertently mentored each other in different ways. Uh, it's remarkable and, uh, and encouraging uh, my mentee to, you know, build connections and step outside of their own comfort zone and how much they value that. And even though we're ending this, uh, this time period, we know that we'll stay in touch. That's great. That's um, awesome. <laughs> and, yeah, it's it's the benefit is huge, and I am so excited that program got started, and it will continue. So, uh, no, I'm, in, I'm in a yeah, I'm a I'm in the mentorship cycle, and it whoever designed the matching software, I, I I I they are a genius. I mean, they should yes. they should take it in into other areas of life because it's like perfect. <laughs> and I was like. But it, I think at different points, um, I, I realized I was making a contribution to my mentor. So it's been, it's been great. I love it. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, this has been, this has been amazing. You guys are amazing. It's been such a treat to have these connections in a, a different way. You know, I look forward to continuing these conversations. Thank you everyone for joining us 
on episode 11 of the Speak Up by Avalon Bay podcast. We hope this episode has helped you to speak up too. Stay tuned for episode 12, where we explore managing your career in uncertain times. All statements expressed on this podcast are those of the participants only and not of Avalon Bay communities. Avalon Bay and the Women's Leadership Network reserve all rights to this podcast and its contents. This podcast is copyrighted and may not be reused or rebroadcast without permission.